0: Let's read in the Word of God, let's open your Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter 2, 1 Peter, chapter 2. If you're using one of the Bibles uh, provided there in the pew, that's uh, page 857. 1 Peter, chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see... I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day. He visits us. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Brothers and sisters, that's refreshing to have you stand to read the word. I appreciate it. What is precious about Christianity? What is precious about Christianity? Notice the word precious. Here in verse 4, this stone that men reject, God said, he's precious to him. Look in verse, when he's quoting the prophet, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. Notice verse 7, now to you who believe this stone is Precious. Over and over, he's emphasizing the preciousness of what we call Christianity. A precious stone, precious believers, precious function. What is precious? The word precious means high cost, worth a lot, valuable. Highly esteemed, uh, cherished. Uh, We think of it a lot of times, precious stones, uh, precious jewels. Usually the word precious is used of possessions. Uh, I had the good fortune of having an Aunt Betty that called me precious. It drove David, batty, because he had to babysit me, and I wasn't so precious. (laughs) But she did that. I had childhood afflictions with my legs, and she just, she was wonderful, precious, precious. I thought that uh, the only precious stones I really have is right there, and uh, I got one diamond missing. There's five of them. Five stands for grace, you know. And you need a lot of it when you get married. <laughs> Go ahead, man. You can, you can laugh. She's laughing. You need a whole lot of grace. Yes, sir. And this one stone just keeps falling out. I've replaced it one or two times. And now I'm just receiving the message as prophetic. I've lost my glitter. <laughs> that, that, uh, that ring... I got it 65, and, and she bought it at a hardware store, exclusive jewelry. All right, all right. I think she says she paid 75 bucks for it. All right. Nothing like going high class. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you see, it's precious to me. Because it's not metal and little chips of a diamond. You can barely see them They're that small. It's who gave it to me. It's what it represents. Now, Peter is addressing saints that are having troublesome times. And God's telling them how they can triumph in troublesome times. Because when you're treated as an alien and a foreigner, and when persecution is breaking out, In certain parts of the Roman Empire, up there in Turkey, or if it hasn't reached them, it's on its way. It's breaking out in Rome. Peter will be killed, and he's riding from Rome. Paul will be killed when he lands in Rome. Rome is not where you want to be. And you don't want to be a Christian because they finally broke off Christianity from being Jewish to this is a separate sect, and we've made political deals with the Jews, but we have no Political deals with these renegade weird people called Christians. And so Peter's writing to them and he says, I want to express to you three things. I want to describe to you a precious stone, a precious Savior. Two, I want to talk to you about the precious status God has given you in His sight, a precious status. And then finally, he's going to tell them eight precious sacrifices that they could offer to God. Now, look at this precious stone. Uh, Jesus, in Deuteronomy 32, right on through, God says, I am your rock, Israel. You chose other gods. You chose rocks that could not. A metaphor in speech, a symbol of strength. a a symbol of a high tower to hide in. Uh, You have uh, in Matthew 16, when he asks Peter, who am I? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he said, this is the rock. This is the rock on which I'm going to build my church, Peter. I'm going to build it on that. And then Peter says, I want you to be clear. The rock is in me. The rock is Christ. All right. I'm not the rock. What I said about the rock is what he's going to, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the foundation of the church, yes, yes. not Peter. Peter is going to be included as a pebble stone or another piece in the fountain, but Christ is the cornerstone. So, you get three views of this stone. You get God's view, the believer's view, and the unbeliever's view. Let's see which view you have. Let's notice here. He starts out saying, this stone is living. So, there's a metaphor. Stones don't live. Natural stone. This is a person rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. So this stone in God's sight is special. is chosen. Th- this stone is precious to him, valuable. all oh, valuable. You remember he told the story, the parable of the pearl of great price. A man found a pearl of great price, bought the field that they found the pearl in, that he might have it at all costs, Jesus is that pearl of great price. He is precious. He is chosen. And then he uh, recites three prophecies from Isaiah and from Psalms 118. I lay a stone in Zion, chosen, and a precious cornerstone. These cornerstones are amazing. They have found cornerstones. One was found that was 67 feet long by 12 feet by 13 feet. That's how huge the stone was. And God is saying, this son of mine is no pebble. He's no chip. He is a mighty cornerstone on which I'm going to build the church for the rest of the ages. And everything's got to fit into him fit into him. If you read First Kings 6, it said that when they built Solomon's temple, that they were forbidden to make any noise on the temple site. They were forbidden to use a hammer. They were forbidden to clang and all of that. Guess what they did? I've said it before, but it's magnificent. Because they had to all fit this cornerstone, which all the angles and all the measurements were taken. They would chisel out in the quarry, the stones that would be fitted into this cornerstone. And Paul picked up that figure in Ephesians. He said, Christ is the foundation of the church, and we, Jew and Gentile, have been fitted into him. And the idea fitted there is what they did at the quarry cut the groove, cut the measurements. And when you bring it on site, they just slip right in together. Anybody ever been to the pyramids? You can't put a knife in between those stones. They're that close, that engineered. The temple, there's no putting knife. There's no space. They came together. Paul says, when God started building his church, He did this. The Old Testament said you had to have a temple, you had to have sacrifices, and you had to have a priest. He says what God has started in the new covenant people, us, the church, he has taken us and he has fitted us into this living stone who is the foundation. And he's built us into a spiritual royal household And then he turned around and said, and you're going to be my priest, and I've got some sacrifices I want you to be making to me daily. So you, when you come to Christ, see, Christ became the temple, John chapter 2, speaking of his body. Christ became the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews 5, Hebrews 7. Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. Now, he's made us everything he was. We're just not the high priest. We're not the king. But he's enfolded us in him. To be in Christ is to become a priest. To be in Christ is to be in a royal temple. To be in Christ is to have a function before God. I can offer sacrifices that God will accept. So God said, this stone is chosen. This stone is living. Let me keep quoting. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is called the folly of the experts. The experts ought to know which stone works, but the experts said, we reject it. It's not good enough. He goes on, a stone that causes people to stumble. 1 Corinthians 1, 27, the Jews stumble over this Christ and a rock that makes them fall. You see, you either build on this rock or you stumble over it. You either build your life or you stumble. Now, he goes on and says to the believers, this is what the Father thinks of the stone. Verse 7, he says, to you who believe the stone is precious. See, you're not probably really saved if all you want Jesus for is not to go to hell. That's elementary. Until he's precious to you, I doubt that you've ever believed in him. All right, all right. Until he's precious. Until he's the treasure of your heart. Yes, sir. Until he's got a worth. that You see, the reason you sin is you like sin more than you like Jesus. See, we love sin. God's wanting to do a work in you to get you to love his son. And that's why he gives you a new birth. It's why regeneration gives you a new heart, gives you new appetites, new desires, new passions. Wait, wait, do you love Jesus as much as you used to love your drugs? Do you love Jesus more than that girl you've been living with? So now you've got to mend it. Don't mess with the sex life. Well, in California, we got sex life and everything. We're in a state, we're trying to figure out what gender we are. Oh, yeah. We're living in a state that uh, the guy just read, uh, uh, no, it was a woman. She just had a baby, and they named the female anatomy, and go tell him that this anatomy just produced this. Because I might have a baby, but I want to be called a He. God has given them over to a reprobate mind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A reprobate mind. Yes, sir. But he said, to you who believe, he is precious. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. precious. Amen. Tommy Dorsey, when he wrote Take My Hand, Precious Lord, when he first did that song, he was coming from, from a revival. His wife was having the baby in Chicago. And he got, noticed. your wife's about to Give birth. She's in crisis. By the time he got there in Chicago and he knelt next to her, she was dying. And she subsequently did die. And here this old black preacher and evangelist in hard times, in desperation, he said, take my hand, Lord. Through the storm, through the night, the first time he went to church to sing it, He said, started singing. He said, take my hand, Lord. And one of the mothers of the church stood up and rebuked him. He said, don't you call him Lord. You call him precious. You call him precious, Lord. So he renamed it. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me on through the storm by the light. Friend, when you've been with him a while, he's not just Jesus. He's precious Jesus. He's not just a ticket to heaven. He's not just a rabbit's foot. When you get in the middle of a trial, when has he become precious to you? And Peter said, I've denied him. I've failed him. But he's come to be precious to me for only he would take me back. Only he would keep dealing with me. He is a precious Savior to those who believe. A precious Savior. (laughs) Then he tells you, what the unsaved think of him. And basically, listen to what he says. Uh, They stumble over him because they disobey him. And they're destined for judgment. When you don't believe in him, you've set your destiny. You're destined for judgment. And he used the word two times in this passage. They rejected him. They rejected him. And the word rejected, it comes from a word to put something to the test to see if it's good enough. And and you know what? The builders who rejected this cornerstone, they said, he doesn't meet the qualifications we have set for a cornerstone. He doesn't measure up to our expectations. We're looking for somebody to kick Rome out of Palestine we're looking for somebody to set up the kingdom immediately. We're looking for someone to liquidate the Gentiles. And this, this itinerant poor boy uh, so-called prophet, he doesn't measure up. What Israel needs is something better. than. Is this the best God you could offer? All right, now. Come on. I hear you. And, and then basically God has said, I, I offered you my best. I offered you what's precious to me. And they said, we count him a stumbling block, an offense. You've offended us with your gift. If that's the best you can do, we don't want him. Matter of fact, we're going to kill him. Don't, and you today, the battle in your life is, is Jesus good enough to save you? Is he good enough to be Lord in your life? Is he good enough? I'm so often reminded of my brother was coming out of being in a backslidden state and going through all kinds of trouble. And I'm trying to get him back. He was already a whipped, defeated man. But I never forget telling him, I said, David, if you were at the foot of the cross and he said to you, David, is there any more I could do to get you to love me? Is there any more I could do to to make you want me? And my brother with trembling lips said, wait, wait, wait. The problem isn't with him, it's with me. He could do no more than he's done. The problem is with me. I'm the failure in this thing. Why don't you admit you've not let him in because he's not become precious yet? You need to believe. This is a precious romance. God deliver you from rules. Get over the rules. Rules have saved nobody. There's no rule you can keep to get you to heaven. No rule. You've got to fall in love with him who took your place. And you've got to say, I want you, Jesus. I'm going to rejoice in what you have done, what you can do. Hey. I'm trusting what God's done. The gospel is what he has done. It's not what you can do. It's what the gospel has done. Then he goes on and he tells them what precious status God has given those who put their faith in him. Let's look at it. What their new status before him. He says, uh, I've made you a kingdom of priests. But let me pick up verse nine and we'll recite some of those precious things. My status before God has changed when I put faith in Christ. And he starts it. Listen to this verse nine. But you are a chosen people. Now remember there's a lot of Gentiles here too. And the Gentiles didn't have covenants, they they didn't have a priesthood. I mean, we were just pagan bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. But now he said, but you, not talk just to Israel, and that was said to Israel in Exodus 19, but now he's applying it to these people. He said, you're a chosen people, and I, I'm amazed at how many people get mad about the idea God chooses. They just don't like, it. I mean, they will fight you all day about their will, and they'll deny God's will. Does God have the right to choose? I asked a man one time, I said, what do you think about this doctrine of God choosing everything? He said, well, I got to choose who I took to the prom. I guess God can choose too. (laughs) God gets to pick whoever he wants. Don't tell him who he can pick. The, The amazing things, he picked you. I mean, I did good to be picked on a team. (laughs) Anybody ever just wait there? Because I know I was the squirt. They didn't pick me. How is it the king picked you? Why don't you rejoice over it instead of trying to figure out what God's up to? He said, I chose you. And the way we know he chose you, you've come to believe and love him. That's the way you'll find out if he chose you. You'll come to put your trust in him. And you'll fall in love with him. You'll know he's put his hand on you. Now, look what else he said he's done for our status. Uh, We've become a royal priesthood. And commentators have a lot of fun with that. What does that mean, royal priesthood? Well, number one, we're priests for a king. Jesus Christ is the head of the priesthood. He's the Melchizedek. But he's also a king priest. If you remember Melchizedek, he ruled. He was the king of Salem. Genesis 14. So uh, you become a king in a royal, royal household because the church is a royal household. It's owned by the king. It's been bought by the king. The church belongs to Christ. Amen. And if you don't like the church, you don't like Christ. All right, that's right. Amen. This is his house, not the building. Every living stone. Do you? You know, someone guy said, "God, I love you. I just can't stand Christians. I love you. I just can't stand your children. But oh, I love Jesus. Oh, you don't either. I mean, it's easy to love someone you've never seen, you've never caught him in a fault. Where well, the real test is is loving us, because you know we're flawed, and I know you are too." That's why I feel at home with you. <laughs> We've all got our faults. Right? We're here promoting Jesus, not Christians can save you. We can't save ourselves. We've got a great Savior. Amen. This group amen, a lot. You guys barely breathe over there. What's your problem? <laughs> you better clear your throat, honey. There's, these are the Pentecostals. They're the Baptists. So wake up. <laughs> get over. Get over. I'm talking about who you are in Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You ought to be able to say, <coughs> get loud at least. This is wonderful. Church is a good place to say amen. Yes, Willie's going to love meeting this brother. I could hear him. All right. He said, you're a royal priesthood. I serve a king, and I'm serving in his house. Yes, yes. You, so this is a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And it's not talking about America. He's talking about a people from every kindred tribe, and God's forming a new nation that he, he got voted in at the cross, and uh, he's not a Republican or Democrat. I, I'm sick of some of you wasting so much time on politics. Don't you know America is going down? Don't you know we've already lost the secular warfare? We've lost the battle for sexual purity, we've lost the battle over same sex. Just admit it, we're living in Babylon. We've been taken captive, and the world is saying we've defeated your God. But don't don't get too carried away. God's He's gonna get us out of Babylon. He's gonna take us to the new home <laughs> where we're citizens. Where we're citizens of another land. No, You can do all you want. This country is desperate need. But ask people if they have prayer meetings. You see, you don't have prayer meetings until you're desperate. And we haven't got desperate enough to drive us to prayer meetings. Nobody has prayer meetings. Maybe in your home, I hope. And he goes on to say, you're God's special possession. And that means uh, you've been purchased for God's benefit. And he said that to the nation of Israel, and now he's saying it to us. I I bought you, you, you're my people, you're my, I bought you for me, for me. You're my peculiar, wonderful, the old King James was peculiar, but God doesn't say, I bought you because you're peculiar. Some of you've had that all your life. (laughs) No, this is the word literally, I purchased you for myself. I've acquired you for myself. This is your status. And, and, and what does he want you to do? Uh, just stand around and dream of, of heaven? He said, no, 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 that you may declare, announce out, advertise the praises of God. Virtues, some translations, excellence. I purchase you to be a signboard, an advertisement, of who I am. Tell people how great a God that I had no mercy, now i found mercy. I had no Savior, I now have one. I was a nothing, and now I've been chosen. I was going to hell, now I'm in the king's house. I mean, can you not tell people that? Tell them, tell them. I belong to the king. You know what? It was used of being tattooed. You know, when you read Galatians 6, Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of Christ. It's stigmata. And the word was used of tattoos. Now, how many of you are? Oh, I know. You got it hidden. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have it on there? Jesus saves. Well, I know. I got Lucille. I love you. <laughs> y- you know. Well, what about something that advertises God? Do you have anything on your body that says you belong to Christ? And we've got to get you kids off these cell phones. They say, if anybody's got a cell phone at 10 years of age, they're already doing pornography. 10 years of age. Uh, We're so far behind, we're afraid to say sex in church, and your kids have been into it for two years. Yeah, don't worry. They're ahead of us. All of this... But what about, do you have, I was telling how a, a young man, Ryan Harper, he was here one Sunday when we were preaching maybe Easter or whatever, and we preached on It Is Finished and Tetelestai. I, I went back to South Carolina. Hey, how you doing? And he's a good-sized boy and he, on his arm in Greek. Big, I mean, they're, they're wide letters. Tetelestai, spelled right. And I said, Ryan, do you know what you have on your arm? He said, I sure do. So said, I heard you preach that one time, and I found out it meant paid in full. And when you're a drunk at 19 and a kid fleeing gangs and a kid about to be killed, when I got right with Jesus, I had him put paid in full. I advertised. I wanted to see it. Take a look at it. Ask me what it means. I'll tell you. He bought me. And he paid full price. I'm bought. I'm owned. Does anyone around your school, your job, your neighborhood know you've been bought? You're not for sale. The for sale sign has been taken down. Already bought. I said, I'm already bought. Not for sale. You know what? Do you get happy about being a Christian if you heard what I'm saying? Some of you are God's frozen, but let me tell you this, I'll thaw you out. This is wonderful. This is my status before God. This is precious. I mean, just think of a man running for his life up there in Turkey, up there fleeing, and he's lost his possessions. He may have lost his wife, may have lost his kids, and all of a sudden they read this epistle up there to these bunch of ragged saints and all this. Uh, you mean I'm chosen? I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing Nero. He's got out a warrant for my arrest, and you're telling me God's already arrested me and made me a king priest. Yeah. You're you're saying I've been set aside to advertise the goodness of the living God. This is my status in this world. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is my. That's this. Who I am. This is what I'm about. My dad was working with some iron ironworkers and. This guy just kind of in a smart eye way, maybe a new job. He said, oh, well, what's your business? And my dad said, serving God. But I work for Biggie to pay for my bills. <laughs> <laughs> my business is serving God. That's who I am. Do you know who you are? Act like it. Act like it. Act like who you are. If you're a punk, act like a punk. Just don't do it in my place. Yeah, if you're a hoodlum, act like a hoodlum. If you know Jesus Christ, why don't you act like it? I'm going to tell who he is. I'm going to share who he is. Ooh, I afraid if I keep on, I'm going to get anointed. I'm going to feel like preaching here pretty soon. Because of time, I'll, I'll move on. Because I know y- y- your dinner is getting cold. Uh, we're already radical because we have church after twelve. What a miracle! Uh, isn't, it th- isn't it terrible to stay in church worshiping Him when He saves you for eternity? Oh yeah! And there ain't no game going. You record them anyway. Hey, come on, our team's already winning. Now don't worry about it. <laughs> now listen to this. Uh, if you keep doing this, I'm gonna keep them all day. <laughs> The ushers are going to get you and I out of here. Uh, Listen to what he says in verse 5. He said, uh, you like living stones are being built into the spirit to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices. What are they? What can I offer to God that he'll consider a sacrifice acceptable to him? Well, we offer non bloody sacrifices, no more animals, no more yeah. wheat offerings, yeah, yeah, yeah. turtle doves. Let me give you eight, and then we'll wrap up. I hope that I didn't put number eight, it came to me this morning, so if you'll hang out, that'll be a bonus. Uh, number one, your body. Offer your bodies a living sacrifice, yes, sir. which is re- reasonable. Have you ever given this wonderful Savior your body? Now, come on. Some of you, it's not worth much. I mean, you've gotten old maybe or decrepit or come on. Doesn't matter what age. Yeah, that's right. He wants your body. Yeah. And he'll accept it. Just so say, Lord Jesus, I give myself away to you. Do you remember when you did that? I remember when I initially did it. I went for a week surrendering. I was amazed he wanted it. I was good at cussing. I was good at sinning, but I was never good at serving God. He said, let's start with, could I have your body? I I, I said, yeah. Would you do anything with it? He said, oh, I've got a lot more things to do with it than what you've been doing with it. Give me your body. Two, this is marvelous. A man killed a woman 's husband, went to bed with her, All right. and uh, had a prophet come to him and said, All right, yeah. "You're a low-down thief and a murderer. You stole the other man 's sheep and killed it when you had a harem full of women yeah. yes, sir. and uh, I'm going to see the sword never departs from your house, and I'm going to kill four of your boys. And David gets along with God, and he said, uh, I want to get back. But according to the law, I've committed high-handed sins. And high-handed sins in the Hebrew means uh, they had unintentional sins, touching a corpse, touching somebody unclean. And you still have to offer sacrifice, but a hand in the face like that. When you did what they call high-handed sin in Hebrew, take that, God. Take that. God said, there's nothing in the Levitical sacrificial system that can cover that. There's no atonement for it. Nope. You're going to die, David. You deserve commit adultery, and you killed a man. According to the law, you don't bring a bullock and cry a bunch and say, I'm forgiven. It said, no, no. You committed death penalty sins. And David knew it. And when he wrote Psalms 51, he said, Lord, yes, sir. if you demanded sacrifices, I'd bring them. All I can offer you is a broken and a contrite spirit. I'm broken. My sin has broken my heart. God said, I'll accept that. And he forgave him. The sacrifice of a broken and a contrite heart. Are you sick of sin? Are you sick of your secret life? Has God ever convicted you enough it's broken you? And he said, "All I got is a broken heart. I'm losing my family. I may have lost my marriage. I may have lost my kids. I may have lost my reputation. I may have. But I want to get back to you." And God said, "The only thing I'll accept is a broken heart. Come. Come. It's one of the sacrifices of God." to Thanksgiving. It's all over the Psalms. I'll offer the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. It's over and over. Fourthly, the sacrifice of Christian service, Philippians 2.17. Don't have time to look at them. The sacrifice of Christian service. Philippians 4.18 He said, your offering that you sent me while I was in jail is a sweet aroma, a sacrifice, pleasing and acceptable to God. You know, um, many of you give online, thank God. Many of you still use an envelope. But you know, if I came to church, let's say I'm going to give here. Could you imagine? I wish you could imagine. You come, plate comes around. We have the box for years, however. A- and when you when you get ready to drop in, if you said, "Lord, I like to offer a sweet-smelling sacrifice to you," it's more than paper. In the United States government, I'd like to give you a sacrifice. And according to Philippians, God says, ah, that smells good. In Malachi 1, they brought their injured sheep, their diseased animals, diseased eyes. He said, it stinks. If this is the best you can offer me, turn out the lights and close down. I don't want stinking offerings. See, if your heart, what's in there doesn't amount as much as my heart. What's my heart engaged in that? Too many of you just, oh, there, church, get it. You just want the money. No, 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 no. We do. We barely make general fund budget. First Sunday of the month is always a bonanza. Then the rest of the month, we struggle to make the budget. But you know what really matters? Well, not if we make the budget, but if we've got any worshiper, giver, givers. Do you ever worship about God and money? Any of you got anything left after you give anymore? I can't hear you. I somebody over there. Do you have anything left? I give more than I've ever given in my life, but I got more left than I've ever had in my life. Ain't no sacrifice. Quit whining. Quit your whining. If your God makes you whine, you don't know him. You want the one that makes you sing with joy and speakable and full of glory, and I get to offer something to him that he accepts? Yeah. And, And he said money can be turned into... In God's mind, if I just gave that to him, Chanel number five is on it. He said, man, that smells good. Keep bringing it on. You're doing heavy meditation, aren't you? You don't know if you believe this. Take it through. Read the passage. Praise. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 says, writing to the oppressive Hebrew Christians, listen to what he says. Verse 15, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips, the product of lips, that openly professes name, By the way, Alan Ross of Dallas Seminary said that praise was always a corporate expression. You give thanks in private, you give praise when you corporately meet. So when we meet down here, there ought to be a lot of praise, a lot of singing, a lot of encouraging one another. Praise, praise, praise. And when you get caught in that, you're not looking at your watch all the time, and God forbid you're looking on your phone. God deserves to be praised. And praise means you're bragging on what he is and what he's done. And don't come down here to discourage anybody. Come here to brag on what kind of God we're serving. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, whatever, food, whatever. For with such sacrifices God is pleased. You see that? God is pleased when you're sharing, giving, and praising. He said, these are spiritual sacrifices that he accepts. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, brother. I said, is that beautiful? Uh, Then, sharing with others. The one I forgot that you must look at, and we'll conclude with it, is Romans 15. Edwin, you better memorize this one, 15:16. I'll pick up verse 15. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points, to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister, and that word's priest. And it's usually our word liturgical. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentile, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God. Evangelism is a priestly function, and it is a sacrifice unoffered unto God. Are you doing evangelism? If you're not, you're not a, have you offered your body? Have you ever got sick enough of sin to be broken? oh, I, I don't know what it's going to take to get us to repent and come back. We're losing America because we've lost Christians. Yes. There's no longer a groan of intercession in the church. There are, Christians don't pray. Christians don't fast. Christians don't. You know, what's happening to the church is what's happening to you. Well, do you remember this song? I'd rather have Jesus yes, sir. Yes, sir. than silver or gold. Yes. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than the houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. I'd rather have Jesus than men's approved applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. Than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I would you would know how precious Christianity is. We have a precious cornerstone. We have a precious status before God. And we're privileged to offer precious sacrifices (laughs) in the face of God. All, All of us can do all eight of those. He wants you to offer him praise and worship. Stop murmuring. Stop being unthankful. Stop the negative stuff. Matthew dealt with that in verses 1 through 3. Get rid of the malice, the garbage. Get rid of it. Why don't you start some positive use of your tongue and mind? giving praise, giving praise, giving praise. Amen. Father, you're going to have to give us... <coughs> glorified bodies, because you're going to give us a body that's built to praise you for eternity. I love what the saint said, if you get me to heaven, Lord, I'm never going to let you forget it. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you, praise you. Thank you, praise you, give you glory, give you honor, acknowledge Oh, I wish Turn Valley into a praising church, a church that gets happy about knowing the Lord, gets happy, knowing that we've escaped the flames of hell and been put into the king's household. And the king says, I want you to serve me and my household. I would that you'd help us to evangelize the lost Bay Area. Desperately in need of a Savior. Show us how to reach them. C- keep us from always uh, criticizing how lost people are. We were lost too. They need Christ. They need Christ. And you've ordained your church to take Christ to them. Only you can save. I would like to say, Jesus, I didn't come to you because I loved you. I was scared. I was afraid of your judgment. You were like the lightning bolts I heard this morning. You scared me. I'd heard so many sermons on judgment, Armageddon, and the last times. But I didn't love you. I hated you at one time. Romans says, while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. I'm so sorry, Lord. It was it slew me when I read that passage and I argued I I never hated you, Jesus. You said, Did you choose sin rather than me? And I said, Oh, you know I did. He said, You didn't love me. But I must say, Jesus, I've come to love you. For all these years, you've been there. You've been there at funerals. You've been there in sickness. You've been there in long nights. You've been there in sorrow. You've been there in joy. You've been there when babies were born. You've been there when burials were performed. You've been there. You've been there. You've been, you've been my rock. You've been my tower. You've been my strength. You've been my hiding place. Oh, Jesus, you've been my shepherd. You've been my God. You've been my great refuge. Oh, you are everything, everything my poor soul needed. I bless your name, I bless your name, I bless your name. All raise up folks that will praise your name. Keep the rocks quiet, Lord. We'll praise you, we'll praise you. I don't need some rock of praising you for me. You are wonderful, you are wonderful. You're the God of it is finished. We have been bought and purchased, and I can say... I have been purchased by the God of the whole universe. I belong to the king. I I sort of feel like Mephibosheth, Lord that was under a death sentence. The next king killed off all the family. And he gets this messenger, David wants you to come up and see him and he goes trembling as a cripple. And he's expecting the death sentence and David said I'm going to invite you to the king's house. And I'm going to give you a place at the king's table. And those crippled legs of yours, we're going to throw a cloth over it and call it grace. For grace can cover all my crippled condition. And you put me in the king's house and I've been feasting with the king ever since. Oh, what a great God you are. Now, I have not died. I've been raised to sit with the king. And someday we will rule over the nations right next to you, Jesus. You said you'll make us a kingly priesthood that will reign with you forever and ever and ever. And God's people said, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Let's stand. Amen. God bless you. You can shout if you want. You're a great God. Bless your name. Bless your name forever and ever.